probably just going to run this thing out. First down and 10 from the 45. Cole McGriff over the top. Kyle Dillon with the grab. Has speed. Jukes the defense. He's still on his feet. Makes another man miss. Kyle Dillon's going to score. Touchdown, Grinnell. Merrill keeps it himself. Here comes Preston Dodd. This one's topped up. It's intercepted. Kyle Dillon takes it to the barn. Touchdown, Grinnell. Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. We're on episode 21 already. That's three touchdowns. Wow. Uh, we have a good week up ahead for sports coming up at the Grinnell High School. We'll recap sports that happened last week. We'll recap Grinnell's big win over Fairfield. We'll talk about Grinnell's next opponent, and we'll talk about uh, dive into 3A7 football all across those matchups we're finally in district play and we'll also talk about the top 10 rankings in 3a let's take a quick word from our sponsors and uh, we'll be back for a recap of last week's games across the high school hey there i'm joey polyi third generation owner of polyis and grinnell since 1957 we've been serving you the flavors you savor dine in carry out or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in our promise to you Everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow. Growing and innovating, so even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. Thank you to Polly Eyes Pizza and Grinnell Mutual for sponsoring the Tiger Sports Live Stream Network podcast. All right, Dad, let's get going on. Uh, do you have the results for last weekend's? We had swim meets, we had cross-country meets, and we had volleyball plus the football game, which we'll talk about after all that. But give us the rundown about what happened last week in Grinnell Tiger Athletics. Well, we'll start off right away on Monday night. So Monday was a varsity swim meet at Williamsburg. I believe you went down and watched, watched that. So I'm just going to – as in the past, you know, the – the swimming team has ups and downs, and we're really more focused on when they do get a place, that's great. But I'd like to focus on all their personal best, so we'll go ahead and we'll kick that through there. First of all, they, they ended up fourth point fourth place in the meet with 173 points. They traveled to Williamsburg. Uh, place people that actually had improvements was Callie Hart in the 200 free she had a time of 253.31. She dropped five seconds, so a new personal best time. In the 100 free, Callie also did a, a 1.1556, dropping one second from her personal best. So this team individually continues to improve as they go. Emily Small, had, she received a third-place finish in the 500 free with a time of 629.10, a fourth-place finish in the 50 free with a time of 28.13, Hannah Gus, she scored a, a fourth place in the 100 fly with a time of 120.64. 64 
Ellie Durr in the 100 free, she had 1.1514, which dropped three seconds for a new personal best for Ellie. So great job, Ellie. In the 100 back, of, she had a time of 131.54, which dropped two seconds for a new personal best. Uh, Kia Hoffman in the 100 free, she had a time of 120.75, which is dropping seven seconds for a new personal best for Kia. Uh, Iris McKenzie had in the 100 free her time of 130.49, dropping two seconds for a new personal best for her. And I'm really going to butcher this last name, Shivani Subramanium. Subramanium. In the 100 back, she had a 139.57, which dropped six seconds for a new personal best for her in the 200 free um, relay herself. Uh, they scored a third place along with, excuse me, this is a separate, so a third place finish in the 200 free relay with Hannah Gus, Sydney Miller, Hannah Behrens, and Emily Small. So that was a recap of the Monday night, and then they went on to uh, Saturday. They had an invite in Marshtown. We'll get to that in just a second. Also on Tuesday, the 17th, the girls' volleyball traveled to Dallas Center Grimes. And in that, they walked away with uh, zero wins. However, serving-wise, Lauren Bolte went 9-for-9. Nine nine, Abby Furness, 8-for-8. Eight eight. Daisy Harris went 9-for-9 nine nine with two aces. Lexi Harris, uh, excuse me, Lexi Schaefer went 6-for-6. Six six. Uh, dig leaders, Kylie Klein, 7. Addie Pettit with 5. Daisy Harris with 3. Uh, assist leaders, Abby Furness with 7. Kylie Klein, excuse me, with 5. Block leaders, our blocking leaders, Lexi Schaefer, had two block assists. The hitting leaders for the night were Lauren Bolte with 7 out of 7, two kills. Daisy Harris with 12 out of 17 with five kills. Lexi Schaefer, 15 out of 17 with four kills. And Kate Kriegel ended the night with two out of two, or two, four, two of two with uh, one kill. So then from there, they traveled on to Saturday, which I don't believe I have the results back from that yet. Uh, that'll probably come up into tonight uh, after the podcast is finished. They they played uh, Linville Sully, didn't they? Because uh, I know they beat Linville Sully. Yes, they yes. went to North Mahaska. Yes, but they beat Linville Sully. Right. That's the only result I know from that uh, game, but I know that the Grinnell volleyball team beat Linville Sully. And then it, it looks like – so that was an invitational that was supposed to be – they went to. Uh, they also, on Friday – excuse me, Thursday night, the 19th, they went to Des Moines Christian. Uh, this was just an individual, and it came out as a – I believe this went down as a tie. So Tigers opened the match. Oh, they actually played against Mount Air. Again, they had a rough start, uh, dropping the opening set 9-13. to 13. They played more like a capable and won the second set 21-13 to 13, and the deciding set 15-12. to 12. So they picked up two wins over the one loss there in the semifinals of the tournament. They matched up against Pella Christian, won the first set 21-9. The second set started off a struggle. Uh, and then had to dig themselves out, kind of a big hole. Ended up 19-21 uh, with great efforts, and then the deciding set went again with big struggles and lost 15, or excuse me, five to 15. So the leaders on the night: Lauren Bolte uh, with 26-26, four aces. Abby Furness 26-27 with one ace. Katie Witt 16 for 17 
with two aces, Natalie Brown, 20 for 23, and one ace, Daisy Harris, 28 for 29, with seven aces, Lexi Schaefer, 13 for 14, with one ace, and Kylie Klein ended with uh, eight for 10. Serve, receive leaders, Addy had a great night of 2.3 average on 26 receptions. McKenna Smith had 2.5. Lauren Bolte and Daisy Harris had good nights also. Uh, dig leaders, Addy Petty with uh, 28. Daisy Harris, 19. Lauren Bolte, 18. Katie Witt, 15. Abby Furness, 14. Ella McAlexander with 11. Blocking leaders goes out to Lexi Schaefer with three solo blocks, one assist. Daisy Harris, one solo block, three assists. Lauren Bolte with three block assists. The hitting leaders were rounded out with Daisy Harris and McKenna, McKenna Smith were big leaders of the net. Daisy Harris ended with 54-66 with 23 kills. McKenna had 18-20 for six kills. Addie had 29-38 for six kills. Lauren Bolte with 13-18 for 18 with four kills. So that ended up the uh, Thursday night uh, matchup with the uh, Des Moines Christian, that little tournament. And then, as Blake said, they in, went to North Mahaska on Saturday, which in that roundup, it basically, Tigers lost 14-21. to 21. They came back second set, 21-15 to in third set. Tigers were down 12-4 to 4 and 13-6 before fighting back to end the match 16-14. to 14. So, and then the Tigers beat uh, HLV in three straight sets, or excuse me, two sets, 21-8, 21-18. And then uh, in the third and final, they uh, defeated Tri-County with two straight sets, 21-5 and 21-10. Some of the rounding out leaders for that, Lauren Bolte went for 31 for 33 and four aces. Addie Paddock, uh, 24 to 27. Uh, Seven aces, Natalie Brown, 20 for 20. Lexi Schaefer, 34 for 37. Five aces, Kylie Klein, 35 for 36. Six aces, serve, receive. Lauren Bolte, Addy, Daisy, McKenna, all were serve, receive at 2.0 or better on three-point scale. Dig leaders, Daisy Harris had a good night, 34. Addy at 31. Lauren Bolte at 18. Abby uh, for us at 16. Blocking leaders, Lauren Bolte had three solo blocks, one assist. Addy Benning had uh, one solo block and two assists. Abby Furness. Had one solo block and one block assist. Daisy Harris had two solo blocks. Lexi Harris had a solo block and two assists. Set leaders, Abby Furness had 42 assists. Kylie Klein with two. Katie Witt, 14 assists. Hit leaders, led by Lauren Bolte, Caitlin, Cr- Caitlin Kriegel, Addie Petting, uh, Lexi Schaefer, McKenna Smith, and Daisy Harris. All ended with great nights. And that is all I have for sports of all sorts. Let's talk about football. Oh, man. Hearing you try to talk about volleyball is, like, beyond. But uh, completely completely understandable. So uh, we'll just have to see what happens there. But anyway, so let's talk about football. Last uh, Friday night, Grinnell took on Fairfield. The Trojans came to town. Fairfield came in 0-3. Grinnell was 2-1. and Coming off a loss to ADM, Grinnell came away with the win. 58-20 to was the final score. So uh, we'll see what happens, you know, the rest of the season, you know, whatever. We don't need to talk about that. We'll talk about this game right here because 58-20 to is a big score. I don't think anyone really thought that was going to be the final score. 
I guess first opening thoughts on that big night for Dallas. Uh, but before we get into the stats, I guess what did you think about Friday night's game? You know, I was a little bit worried the way we started off. Uh, slow. A little bit slow start. But then, you know, ultimately, excuse me, the defense is what prevailed, you know, come back and we got a fumble. And from there, it just kind of seemed to be the turning point of what was going to happen the rest of the night. I was a little bit concerned until we got that second touchdown. And then the tide just kind of started to roll for the Tigers. And, you know, from there, it's just like we have to have this confidence builder or something that has to be positive that makes the momentum run forward. And once that happens in every ball game, they seem to recover. And the recovery was putting points in the right place, putting people in the right place of the field and making things happen. You know, we still had a few mental mistakes. Uh, and some of that I think just goes with uh, Dallas's youngness of making choices of when to throw. Uh, had a, And I, I, I'm sitting here as a critic now. He had a few that he threw long. He had a few that he threw under. And I think as a freshman – I can't really say that he's a bad freshman because I don't know what was the total yardage that he threw so for the night. He finished with 238, <clears throat> 238 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. His longest touchdown was 49 yards. He went 16 for 28. That's a 57% completion percentage. Finished with a QB rating of 156.8. So, I mean, overall, it was a really, I mean, good night. And Grinnell is the number one passing offense in 3A-7, so we can't really go against it that much considering what, you know, he was able to do. But, yeah, uh, 238 yards, another game over 200 for him, which is becoming kind of a norm. You know, when you watch him on the field, you don't think he has that many yards, but he's just there's something about him that he's just able to make throws when it counts. Yes, like you said, a few of his throws are off. So the interception that he threw was just a missed throw. Uh, but I feel like he's a little bit more confident now, and I'm I'm excited to see him every single game because he's he's a little bit more confident every single time he te- steps on the field. Yeah, and you know, how many teams have a total offense of 949 yards yeah. sitting with you know four games out of the season done right. passing yards? Yeah. yeah. So I mean that's that's pretty incredible. And add on, Cole McGriff was two for two passing a hundred percent all night long. He had one touchdown pass. One of them was one of those plays where Dallas threw it to Cole, and then Cole threw it to Owen Coffin downfield, and then uh, Cole threw to also when later in the game when he was in at backup quarterback just as a to fill reps. Cole threw it to Kyle Dillon, who scored. Let's talk about Kyle Dillon, shall we? Uh, Kyle Dillon had one of the most incredible nights I think we've seen put together by any player. Uh, here's his stats. He had 115 receiving yards. Two receiving touchdowns, almost had three. He went six for six on point after attempts. He had one interception, which, by the way, was returned for a touchdown. He had seven touchbacks, and in all, he scored 26 out of Grinnell's 58 points. If Kyle Dillon, obviously, if if it wasn't for Kyle Dillon, Grinnell wouldn't have won this game by as much as they did. What does it mean, I guess, that we have a guy that can really do it all? Well, I... I don't know. I hate it when someone uses the word do it all. But my description of Kyle Dillon is he is an all-around utility player. Right. 
you know, someone that can step up to whatever that we're doing for a game situation. And he may not be perfect at it every time, but he is, this game was a game of consistency. Everything that he did, he was consistently, now I'll say the word, consistently good that turned around and made a difference. Uh, of what he did on defense, what he did on offense, you know, he scored every way except for passing the ball as a passing a touchdown to somebody. But any other option, he did it. And, you know, how many, how many colleges could look at a player and say, yeah, he kicked the ball. Oh, yeah, he ran for a two-pointer, too, yeah. and and got his way in there with his abilities. Right. So, you know, if you you say who is the player of the game, Kyle Dillon was yeah. the player of the game. By far. You know, we, we had some outstanding showing on the other side of the field. Again, you know, I'm not going to take this two games in a row that Mateus Duras showed very good strength up there on that defensive line. And, you know, one thing – I think we just have to look at the round versus of the whole team. Right. You know, that's that's where it comes. But and because of that whole team, that's why Kyle Dillon also had some touchdowns. Incredible blocking on, you know, the interception. Incredible blocking from his receivers down the field uh, at his side as he's going up to get that last touchdown that from Cole when Cole threw that across. So, you know, it, it's not one – it's one name. But there's a lot of people that complimented that to make that Kyle Dillon's night. And I, I hope that it keeps going. I, I, every night we so far we have somebody that's a standout. Right. And if it continues to be that Kyle gets that calling, I think it's going to be great. But I think Coach Souser is also using that as a little bit of something in his back pocket. Right. Wyatt Hunter also had a really good night again. 20 rushing, rushing attempts, 121 yards. He had two touchdowns. His longest touchdown was a 27-yard touchdown, which I'm still not really sure how he broke all those tackles to get out of there. Uh, he just continues to be a reliable source. Didn't catch as many you know, passes out of the backfield as he did against ADM, but I feel like he didn't really need to. Uh, you know, he's, he, he's not putting up 250 yards a game because I feel like they're really starting to stack the box against him. But I feel like, once again, we figure out that we have a very reliable running back that we know – not only if he gets good blocks, he can finish, but even when the blocking may not be that great, he's still going to fight for at least five extra yards. Right, and you can't take anything away from anybody. I don't know who's whoever's name is behind this that you say he had a 100-yard rushing game. Right. Anybody in high school, even in college sports, that's a big deal. Yeah. So to say that he's walked away with 100 yards rushing is absolutely phenomenal. And I think these numbers are just going to keep – you know, growing, growing. He's on track for some sort of record here yeah. in a high school. Um, another player that was really great to see come into the ball game, Richard Toe, finally gets his varsity minutes. He had four rushing attempts, and in four rushing attempts, he had 32 yards and a touchdown. You got to think, and I guarantee there probably will be a question about it on Tiger Talk this Friday. Do they use Richard more? Because man, it just seems like he may not be as big as Wyatt. But he's almost as elusive as Wyatt, and I just think he'd be such a huge aspect of teams not knowing what he's like. Yeah, I, you know, I think that <laughs> Richard may have showed off something of more how could we use Richard as a power eye option. Yeah. And, I mean, Wyatt Hunter 
two steps is not going to hurt White Hunter. White Hunter could run out of the fullback position and still get the yardage he can. Right. But if you throw into a, a, a traditional eye and put Richard behind Wyatt, I think Wyatt would blow a hole so big that Richard wouldn't yeah, have run nothing, right nothing but green grass yeah, in front of him, yeah. let alone if you if you wanted to option it out and have Wyatt be the option fullback dive and then have the quarterback that could, which Dallas definitely has the speed, have Dallas roll out, run the ball all the way to the tight end, make the decision, either kick it out, and, you know, Richard has that high speed to kick in at the sideline. So I think for Coach Souser, he just had another whole option thrown in front of him and say, all right, what can I do to put all this together? Which I think he knew he had that option. It was just a matter of time, trying to grow Richard. Because, like he said, he's never played any downs of organized football before. Right. So, I mean, it, it meant a lot. Going uh, to the receiving end, uh, a really good night overall for all receivers. Owen Kaufman had one grab for 28 yards, put a little bit of a move shaking on that end of that uh, play. Kyle Dillon, obviously six receptions, two touchdowns, 115 yards. Mateus Durr reached the end zone for the second time this year, 36 yards, one touchdown. It was a little bit of an interesting throw, but it was able to get there. And Which, you know, with Mateus, he actually started out playing a lineman. Right, switched his number switched a few jerseys times. in and off a couple times to get back out there and as his, uh, come in as his tight end spot. And, you know, that, again, that's around the all-around diversity of what this team could put out there. New player we saw hit the field a little bit more, Cole Johnson, the sophomore. He also returned kicks. Three receptions for 18 yards. In his first game, I didn't think we really expected much, but it was definitely a nice sigh of relief to know that we can get more wide receivers on the field. Yeah, to see that ball go out to, especially being a sophomore. You know, uh, I'll jump ahead, John Osborne, as a south, or Josh Osborne, excuse me. He had a, a little short game catch, but still, the more that you could get these guys in here, and experience it, you know, that's a big thing. And, you know, once I look down the stats and then it puts a smile on my face, see Dodge Souser as a, a reception, <laughs> even though it was kind of a, I guess you'd say, a, a kickback flea flicker type reception. But it was a shuttle pass, so it still went down as a, a pass. But that was pretty humbling to see old Dodge roll down the right-hand side of the field he there. Turned on the Jets going 12, upfield. 12 yards to get us a first down, so that was that was pretty impressive on the night there. Cole McGriff also had three receptions for 80 yards. He had a touchdown. He had uh, We got to see Dallas's deep ball a little bit on that one. Hit uh, Cole perfectly in stride and was able to finish the drive. A.J. Wilkins, the junior, also had two receptions for 20 yards. We had no seniors catch a ball on Friday night, and I guess you could say that's probably a good thing that we are able to see the juniors and the youth movement. In terms of scoring, Kyle Dillon had 26 points. Mateus Durr had 8, Wyatt Hunter 12, Cole McGriff 6, and Richard Toe 6. We go to the defensive side, and you know, giving up 20 points, that's not bad at all. Logan Estelle led the way with eight and a half tackles, solo sacks. Wyatt Hunter only had one on the night. He was the only one with uh, one tackle, I should say. Mateus Durr, seven and a half uh, tackles. Eli Rose, 5.5, but, you know, hopefully Eli's all right. He did go out of the game, uh, I think, in the third or fourth quarter with an injury. Eli Rose covered well in the secondary, a secondary that has been tested and has had a few you know, pass interference calls and, you know, was breaking apart. Once Eli was off the field, it could tell, or you could just tell that we were getting beat over the top. Linebackers just weren't exactly there. Now, granted, Jared Nichols is going to get better if he has to step into that role. But Eli Rose had perfect coverage all night long. 
Yeah, you could tell when they made that shift, too. It looked like uh, they brought Logan Estelle up, which Logan, you know, is does a really good job tackling from the defensive back position or safety position. But, you know, there's a difference of having five to eight yards to pick up your momentum and tackle somebody, you know. And, again, he he's made some great open field tackles. He's just a strong young man. But it looked like he got shuttled and kind of moved up into that linebacker position, played a little bit where Eli should be after they took Eli out. It is difficult. You know, he had good team tackling that helped pick him up and help him. But I don't think Logan was as effective, and this is just my opinion, as he was when he has the ability to come up on somebody. So a little bit of a difference there, and I think – you know, I definitely have to look at that. He did grab an inter- interception, Logan yep. did. At the very end of the ball game. he was able to snag an interception for the first time. So that was really cool to see. And other than that, not really too much else. Uh, Mateus Durr and Trey Goldman both had fumble recoveries. Kyle Dillon, 6-for-6, six six, like I said. Nine kickoffs, seven of them for touch- touchbacks. Uh, Kyle Dillon also punted twice for 90 yards. Dropped, like, I think both of them were down inside the 20. Yeah, and that's the first time we've seen Kyle Right, punt. right. You know, it's always been Cole. Cole's been the punter, so take a little bit of pressure off there. And, and he had a nice spiral, and he could place that ball pretty pretty good. So that pretty much wraps it up from Grinnell's 58-20 to win against Fairfield. Uh, we'll talk about Grinnell's next opponent, Oskaloosa, in that game uh, when we go on through the next one. But for now, we're going to take a quick advertisement break from our sponsors, Polly Ice Pizza and Grinnell Mutual. Hey there, I'm Joey Polly third generation owner of Polly Ice and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. When I took over this farm from my dad, I knew our future success required making major changes in our operations. That meant adding acreage, more and bigger equipment, investing in powerful technology, hiring employees. We even started a seed business. Fortunately, working together with Grinnell Mutual and my local mutual insurance company, my agent was able to cover everything, giving us more trust in tomorrow. Alrighty, thank you to our sponsors, Polly Ice Pizza and Grinnell Mutual, for sponsoring the Tiger Sports Live Stream Network podcast. All right, let's talk about the teams that were also in action this week in 3A7. We'll start with Knoxville, the 4-0 Knoxville Panthers. I don't know when the last time that's happened, but it's been a while. They took on Sheraton the other night, and, uh, you know, Sheraton, a solid two-way squad, gave them some troubles, but Knoxville was able to come out with the win 31-21. You know, Knoxville comes to town in two weeks for Grinnell's homecoming, and I think Kieran Nichols is going to be the man to watch out for because he definitely did everything for Knoxville. 9 for 17 passing, 117 yards. He had one touchdown and one interception. And then get this, he had 132 yards on the ground for 17 rushing attempts and one touchdown. So it seems like Knoxville runs through one guy, but you got to give credit. Carter Bailey had 33 yards. Keegan Cox had 37. Ben Olsen had four. Brady Pearson had two. Does Knoxville, if you're a Grinnell fan, you're thinking ahead to Knoxville in two weeks, 
is there right to be worried about this Knoxville team who has, granted, played one of the easiest schedules in the state? Or, you know, can we sit back and think our defense might be able to handle this? I think you have to take everybody serious at this point. That is true. Because, uh, number one, these these teams that are coming at us right now, they know that with only one loss, if they could beach Grinnell, that's a, that's a feather in their hat. So everyone's going to be coming at us as they will or they want to beat Grinnell. Now, at the same time, Grinnell has to have the same initiative going back. No matter who we're playing, a win always helps towards the final goal. And the final goal is we want to take this Grinnell team to the playoffs. But how do you go against Kern Nickel or Kira Nichols? I think when I see a quarterback with that many yardage, that tells me they're running an option. They're yeah. running an option well. And that means that from our defensive end linebacker position that they got to have to have a lot of good communication. The tight end's got to have to make the call, and the linebacker's got to have to make the call. Who are we going to pick up? You're either going to take the quarterback or you're going to take the running back, and you're going to have to be right there to pick them up. Because if you don't call it out right up front and you get a little bit greedy and say, I want to make the tackle, I guarantee you that that option will rip you up. And, and that's where a lot of teams, they just they get selfish and say, I want to be the guy who wants to tackle all the time. And you call out, the quarterback's my man. You stick with the quarterback because if you go to the running back and you think you're going to get beat. And I have a feeling if you're not a good disciplined team on defense, that is what's going to beat you when you play Knoxville. Uh, and just you know, looking at some of the scores of how they've won, they do dis disperse the ball. Yeah, they do. So anytime that you run an option ball like that, you know, you see uh, some of the the rushing yards that those guys have, how they're 37, 33 yards, blah, blah, blah. That tells me that he's either giving it to the running or the fullback and the tailback's kicking it whenever no one sucks up on him. Right. So if no one commits to him, boom, he's out. And that's where the ball's going. Uh, just a few more things on Knoxville. Ben Olson, the senior, he's their best defensive player by far. He had 10 sacks, or to 10, 10 sacks, 10 total tackles. He had one sack. And then their kicker, uh, Wyatt Darnell, hit a 35-yard field goal for uh, to make it one for one on his night. So a pretty good night for Knoxville overall. We'll talk about who they play here in a little bit. Next team, the Newton Cardinals. Newton took on Waterloo East, and I hate to say it, um, that might have been one of Newton's not great losses in a while. Waterloo East coming into the game had not won a game in a while. They've also not won a ton of games in the last few years. And Newton got smoked at home. 41-13 to was the final score. And taking a look at the, uh, the results here, I mean, Newton ran the ball. They just really couldn't finish when it came to it. Kyle Long went 11 for 22, one touchdown for 79 yards. Uh, Jarrett Antle, 41 yards. Will Chang, 22. Dylan Farver, 72. Kyle Long, 86. And Cody Satterfield, 23. Newton now leads 3A7 in rushing yards, but it, that doesn't matter when you can't win ball games. And this kind of looks like an option, too. Yeah, it does. You know, with uh, Waterloo East, you know, there, there's one of those. I, I think I called it out at the beginning of the year, and, and the person, whoever it was, made the comment that Waterloo is a terrible team. They, they can be a terrible team. <laughs> but, but they can also show up. You also have to show up to play uh, football against terrible teams because if you don't give them a little respect, they will take advantage of you. And 
obviously that's exactly what happened to Newton uh, just by not showing that respect level. So we'll move on to the next team, Oskaloosa. You know, Oskaloosa, you know, lost to Washington, and I'm like, yeah, I can understand that. Then they played Fairfield, got a pretty good win. They took on Norwalk this past weekend at home. I watched the game on Huddle, or I watched the whole thing on Huddle to prepare for Grinnell's game. Norwalk took care of them easily, 31-7. to Really no problem for the uh, Oscar, or for the Warriors. William Schultz, 9 for 21, one interception, one touchdown. Reed Brown went one completion for two passing attempts. He had an interception. Reed Brown also had 39 yards on the ground. And William Schultz ran 12 times for 35. So Knoxville, how they work, it's a lot of quarterbacks set back in the pocket, and then you just run. A lot of QB draws. Reed Brown came in like late in the ballgame versus Norwalk and actually started picking up quite a bit of yards. Uh, you know, Oskaloosa, they don't have Cole Henry this year. They've obviously not, they haven't, they've lost quite a bit, but it just doesn't seem like this is the Oskaloosa team that we're used to. Well, I think some of it is you just have to put together a, the competition of Norwalk. Norwalk has come in and, and they're. They're not in our district, but they are. Used they, they used to be uh, a one-loss team going into right now, and you know, besides for their loss to Dow Center Grimes, they're actually on a high. Yeah, I mean, they're they're. We'll get to that in the rankings. Take, when I taking talk about people's it. numbers here and passing across, and and just they're playing as a good team. And so many times when we talked about prior to the year, Norwalk's had a down year. All things come full circle, and the full circle is showing me that Norwalk does have it together, and they're going to be a powerhouse out there. And, again, if you don't respect what you're going into and thinking, oh, that's the Norwalk we killed by 42 points last year, yeah, things are changing. Yeah. You have to respect that. Going to the next thing that things might be changing, I, I don't know. Pella lost to Carlisle 42 to 36. I think this is like the first time since 2006 or 2007 that they have started the season 2 and 2, two straight losses to Norwalk and Carlisle. 42-36 was the final score. Ryan Mace 11. I mean, these numbers are crazy. 11 for 26, 242 yards, four touchdowns, but three interceptions really cost them there. Noah Clayberg or Nolan Clayberg 114 yards, 18 rushing attempts for one touchdown. I mean, or Logan Shatterly also had 124 yards receiving. I just, I don't know about this Pella team. I really don't know. I, I think they're still good. We'll have to see when it comes to district play. They've played one of the harder schedules we've seen. But at the same time, the old Pella, like two years ago, they beat winning these games by a lot. Now they're struggling. I, I just glad that we play them the last game of the season. I do too. Because uh, I, I think that Knoxville has the potential to have their next loss or their first loss next week. Because now you have a team with two straight losses yeah. and revenge on their mind. Uh, I mean, granted, they they go up to uh, Lock Stadium and play, but still it is, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, uh, I mean, Carlisle's a good school. It was a shootout. We'll give them that. But Pella sits 2-2. Two and two. It's pretty interesting. I never thought we'd see that. Oh, and I take that back. They do play. They in, do play. They play in Pella. Yeah. In Pella. Knoxville so. comes to Pella. <laughs> good luck, Knoxville. Uh, talking about Nevada, or not Nevada, talking about South Tama, they played Nevada. This is so weird. So 52 to nothing for some scores, but yet some scores I've seen 38 nothing. Either way, South Tama did not score against Nevada, and there are also no stats and quick stats. So um, 
I don't know what to say about that. I know Nevada played with their third-string quarterback, and he threw for, like, 89 yards. That's all I know. So South Tama lost to Nevada. We'll keep moving along so that way this doesn't get too long. We'll talk about the games this week. We'll start with our prediction, or we'll give a quick overview, and then we'll talk give our picks. Grinnell, 12th ranked, 3-1, and one, heads to Oski to take on 2-2, two and two, the Indians unranked. This is the game that we will figure out how good Oscar or how good Grinnell is. We'll figure out how good both these teams are. The ADM game was huge, and I'll give them that. You learn from that game. If Grinnell wants to compete for a playoff spot and wants to be competitive in 3A7, they have to beat Oskaloosa Friday night. I agree. I, I think so. I mean, the thing with Oski and the thing I learned, Grinnell's going to win this game by pressuring the quarterback. They have to blitz, and I know it's it doesn't seem such like it, but Preston Dodd, Trey Goldman, Dallas, or Dodge Souser, they have to get in the backfield to pressure William Schultz. If Grinnell wins this game, Grinnell's only losing one more game the rest of the year. I don't know who it's going to be. might be Pella. I don't know. But if Grinnell wins this game, I think playoffs are totally, totally in their mind. I agree. I You know, going into Friday night game, the only thing that I think that Grinnell has to have on our side is the weather. They have to. Because I hate to say it, anyone that goes into that Lacey Stadium and plays Oskaloosa when it's pouring rain, they end up with horrible luck. Horrible luck. Turf uh, field. Yeah, turf field. You're not used to the slippery slidness. Uh, ask Paolo what it's like playing down there when it's raining. It, it's just, you know, not not good things happen. But that that's my only fear is that it's going to be going into the game. That the Right now the forecast is 50-50. Uh, it's going to rain. It's not going to rain. Granted, that's all for the whole state of Iowa. So who knows what's going to happen. But – for them, and and also with that line play is, you know, what do we could do to have a good replacement for Eli Rose? Uh, is is he going to be yeah. back? Is he going to be? Um, I and this was all hearsay. I heard that it was more of a stretched muscle that they felt that over the weekend he got in for a, a treatment exercise or what have you. He's moving a little bit better. So. I think once we get that report back from uh, Coach Souser here, how he's doing, uh, there'll there'll be more of a definite of how that play is going to be. But you know, it, it's it's all a game of of numbers of who's going to show up right, and right. what you're going to do. Oskaloosa won this game 44 to seven last year. It's not going to be 44 seven this year. This might be one of the better games we've seen all year long. I'm obviously going to take Grinnell because I feel like Grinnell's better in the passing game, despite us having a freshman. If they can get to William Schultz and get to Tyler Miller, Grinnell can win this game, and it'll be a statement road victory. One of the best road victories Grinnell's had in a while, but they have to get it done. Uh, I'm, I'm right with you. I'm taking Grinnell. Knoxville heads to Pella. Guess what? We finally get to see if no if Knoxville wins this game, I will tip my cap to the Panthers because we'll have a 5-0 and Knoxville Panther team coming to Grinnell for homecoming. Knoxville, I hate to say it, you've had your fun. You're 4-0. You know, good for you. You've tied how many wins you won last year. But you have to go to 8th-ranked Pella, who is coming off two straight losses. They're not going to be very happy. I assume it's probably homecoming there in Pella as well. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to take the Dutch. <laughs> I am too. I, <laughs> I I don't like to get – the only time I bet against the Dutch is when they're playing the Tigers. <laughs> and then finally, Newton goes to South Tama. You know, South Tama, I, I don't know what to say anymore. Newton struggled against Waterloo East, which I guess could give hope to South Tama. It is at home. 
it's probably, man, it seems like everybody's homecoming is this week. I guarantee Oski's homecoming is this week. It's just right around that time. Uh, I think this game will be closer than some think. I'm going to take Newton, but uh, if Newton can't stop the run, then South Tama might have one of their better games of the year. Uh, I I go with Newton too. <laughs> go you know, with Newton. Go with Newton and hang I, your head down. I will have to say that this is the first weekend that uh, 3A District Seven is yes. all playing each other. Yep. And not playing uh, off the side. So we games, get we so shortens it a little bit. So. And then finally, we're going to talk about these top ten rankings. Obviously, I you heard me say Grinnell. Grinnell was seventh last week. Dropped to twelfth. I mean, I don't really care. We don't really know how all the teams shake out until we get, like, two weeks into district play. But that's what happens when you play the worst team in 3A. You just fall down. Lewis Central sits number one. Guess what? Norwalk, number two, for good reason. Norwalk has played good football teams. Cedar Rapids' Xavier sits number three. Carlisle was number three, but then dropped to four after barely beating Pella. Independence, number five. Western Dubuque, sixth. Dallas Center Grimes jumps to seventh. Remember when we thought they were going to be terrible? Pella jumps to eighth at two and two. They are the first two and two team on the board until number 20th ranked Creston. Number nine is Bondurant Farrar, and number 10 is Sergeant Bluff Lutton. Solon sits in 11th. Grinnell sits in 12th. So... That'll pretty much wrap it up for our 3A7, 3A recap for this week. Grinnell will go to Oskaloosa Friday night at 7.30 at Lacey Sports Complex. We will not be broadcasting the game, but we will be there most likely to watch the Tigers. Um, final thoughts this week. Uh, obviously, it stinks when they're on the road, but uh, we'll run through our sponsorships one more time, and then... Uh, yeah, you, we can talk about the games ahead um, also. So, Dad, you want to talk about the games, what we got going on this week besides football? Uh, this Well, right now, as we speak, the JV team is heading down to Washington. So they're going to play at Case Field. That's our JV game. It starts at 6 o'clock tonight, which is kind of odd because usually you would go to Fairfield. Yeah. Since Fairfield yeah. here, that was a little bit different there. So the JV game's heading out the door. Uh, Tuesday night... Uh, there is a cross-country JV Varsity Invitational at Newton at the Westwood Golf Course. Uh, also over on the Junior Varsity side, let's see, so one, two, there's going to be five different Ankeny, Clear Creek, Amanda, Dow Center, Grimes, uh, Des Moines East, Knoxville, Marshalltown, Newton, North Polk, Oskaloosa, Pella, Southeast Polk. There's going to be quite a few teams at that Invitational <laughs> over there. Um, let's see. Tomorrow night also, JV Varsity versus uh, Volleyball versus Pella Christian. That's right here at the Grinnell High School. So if you have the opportunity to get out, support the volleyball team. They're playing right here at 530 and 715 respectively. Thursday night, uh, nothing going on. Wednesday night's uh, the church night, so nothing's going on. And then Friday night, of course, we're going to head over to Oskaloosa down to the uh, Lacey uh, Complex. The first game is 445. That's the ninth grade game. Weather and, pending. Weather pending. And then 730 is the uh, the varsity game. Most likely, since we're playing on turf, the, the freshman game will happen. Uh, like I said, there is a 50-50 chance of rain. And then Saturday, the 28th, they hand, uh, the girls JV. They have a tournament at North Tama High School. That's with Baxter Benton Community, Don Bosco, 
Green Mountain Garland School District, HLV, and Linville Soling, North Tama. Again, that is at North Tama, which is Traer, Iowa. And then the varsity girls, they travel up to South Tama for a girls' varsity tournament. I don't know which teams are in that. It just says South Tama High School. So that would be the events leading up into next week. So that takes care of our sports recap, the sports going into the week. Let's, uh, let's have a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll come back, and we'll have a wrap-up. Hey there, I'm Joey Polyi, third-generation owner of Polyi's and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our PagsPals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow. Growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. Alrighty, once again, thank you to our sponsors here on the Tiger Sports Live Stream Network podcast, Poly Ice Pizza and Grinnell Mutual. Um, yeah, so that'll pretty much wrap it up for this week's show, episode number 21. We're just moving along. Uh, on our next podcast next week, we'll, we'll have Mark Copeland from Mark the Copeland. Grinnell Tiger Football Club. So good to sit down with him, talk about how the Tiger Football uh, Club became a thing, and uh enjoy that next weekend so as for this weekend we uh well first we want to say thank you to everybody who watched past weekend against fairfield we just we're, we're trying to make our product better and uh hopefully everyone enjoyed that we'll be back uh next weekend for the knoxville homecoming game as for now this week we will be off and uh we will enjoy going to watch the tigers on the road so once again uh i'm blake walker I'm Dan Walker. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. This production is a copyright of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Any use of this podcast or material from it is prohibited without the permission of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network.